Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, it's our week in review, and we have a new guest that you haven't heard before. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show, Friday, January 28th, 2022. If you remember yesterday, I was talking about Quadringa CX, the exchange from Canada that the owner, CEO, co-founder died. And when he died, with him went the private keys to the cold storage of all the funds for the exchange. It's been called a Ponzi, an exit scam. People still think he's alive, maybe on a beach somewhere. Nobody knows. Well, Danny from England wrote in and sent us a link to a podcast all about it. Link is in the show notes. It's an eight-part series. He said it's very, very good. That's two varies, so it must be very, very good. Anyway, if you guys want to hear the story, link is in the show notes. I have it labeled there. Just go down there and click it and enjoy this story. Honestly, it's it's very sad for all the people that lost their money on this exchange or got exited or dumped on or have no recourse for anything from this. It's very, very sad. It pisses me off, to be honest with you, but it's still very interesting but don't leave too soon to go listen to that show we have a show for you as well but before we get into our weekend review and our conversation and the rest of our show let's get into those crypto prices here comes the money here we go money talk and i'm recording this at 11:07 a.m eastern standard time we have bitcoin sitting at thirty-seven thousand one hundred fifty dollars up 1.5 percent in 24 ethereum is down 1.5 at two thousand four hundred and thirty-six dollars Tellers number three, Binance Coin is at 383, up 2.8%, and USDC is number five. Running off the top 10, Cardano, XRP, Solana, Luna, and Doge. Total market cap, we're at 1.67 trillion, pretty much even from yesterday. A BTC dominance of 42.1, and an F dominance of 17.4. And you know, on Fridays, we usually don't have Coin of the Day because it's a longer conversation, a longer podcast. We want to get you in and out as soon as possible with as much information as possible so let's get into our chat today with new decrypt staff writer kate Irwin. enjoy kate Irwin, how you doing staff writer new staff writer for decrypt welcome to the show hi thanks for having me 100 percent. kate could you please do me a favor and introduce yourself for everybody since you are now new to the decrypt and hopefully a regular on the show hi everyone um my name is kate Irwin. um i have a background in entertainment uh gaming and I have been freelancing for Decrypt for a few months, and I'm now joining the team full-time. Love it. Welcome. And I'm going to assume that people can reach you at kate at decryptmedia.com. If they ever want to ask you a question, they hear something about the show, please feel free to reach out to me at matthewaron at decrypt.co and kate at decryptmedia.com. Also, you can go kate at decrypt.co as well. They both go to the same space. But we have a couple of things on the news today. Today, this week was a little weird when it came to news. There's a lot of NFT news in the space. And I think one of the biggest things that we have to talk about today is OpenSea. People are buying apes for like half a floor, even down to like a couple thousand bucks. That does something's wrong here. Can you please tell us about the story? Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, around on January 23rd, over the weekend, 
we saw some apes going for very low prices amidst the regular pricing, which is uh, around a floor of about 85, 86 Ethereum. And some of these apes were selling for six Ethereum, 0.77 Ethereum, um, just like unusually and shockingly low prices that it sort of seemed like uh, these were selling without the buyers being aware of the extremely low list price. So what happened was someone had figured out um, sort of an exploit in the OpenSea UI and, and they were able to buy these NFTs at previous listing prices from the distant past um, because those listings were still active but not visible on the OpenSea UI. So what had happened with some of these apes was people had bought these NFTs and then transferred them to another address with the hopes of, I guess, you know, keeping it on another address, but also in some cases to avoid paying Ethereum gas fees, which, um, you know, cancel these NFT transactions on the blockchain officially. And the transferring and then transferring back to the main wallet, so they would transfer it to a second wallet and then transfer it back to the, to the first wallet. Um, a lot of people believed, and, and it appeared so on the UI, that that effectively canceled existing listings. But those listings, because gas fees were not paid, those, those listings were not actually canceled on the blockchain, as far as I understand. So there is still a sort of backdoor way to be able to purchase some of those NFTs for previous listing prices if those really old listings weren't canceled. So a lot of people were seeing their NFTs being sold without them you know, actively listing that price in, in recent times. But those listings were older ones that had been placed a while back, often back when OpenSea did not have an expiry time option for listings. Now they do. You can you can set your listings to expire after a day or a week or a month or something like that. They used to sort of be indefinite or like a year-long listings. And um, so, so that was sort of the, the standard. So people that have been in the space for a while um, should definitely check on their listings and, and see what's going on with that. And, and so I just wanted to find a couple of things really quick. Floor means the the lowest price you can buy. And uh, for example, this one is a board eight four. And you said it was 85F and that's around $200,000. Am I correct with that? Yeah. So the floor price is the lowest price that um, you can you can hit buy now. Um, so sometimes uh, pr prices will, will be lower if it's a bidding process. But in terms of the, the NFTs in a collection that you can buy now, the floor price is the lowest amount that you can you can buy an NFT now for. Got it. Got it. And so there are people that have, you know, used this exploit. Has this exploit been uh, patched up already? So OpenSea quietly rolled out an inactive listings tab, but that tab didn't really solve the problem. It appears that some people have had uh, have seen other listings be exploited as a result. So it's not exactly clear from my view, like what the solution is, but OpenSea has sent out a few emails telling people, hey, like you should be canceling your listings, but other people have been able to sort of go in. And if you if you cancel a 15 ETH listing and then there's a 5 ETH listing, some people have been able to sort of sandwich themselves in between that process so that they can sort of snag it at five before the user goes in and, and cancels that five, you know, right after they cancel the 15. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mess right now. Uh, so T Baller and everybody knows this uh, on um, the show because we reported this on the 24th and this came out. But T Baller and actually you wrote the article. <laughs> I didn't even notice that until now. Uh, so T Baller, Baller uh, tweeted, 
I lost an ape, guys. I'm crying. How did this just happen? Cry emoji, cry emoji, cry emoji, and much, much more. And it looks like that the, his ape was taken for $1,700. Is there a recourse for this? Did the person just score a $1,700 ape and T-ball is just SOL? Or like, what's going to happen with this? Yeah. Um, so when it happened, the night that it happened, there was actually a, a Twitter space with a bunch of people in it all sort of um, panicking a little bit and, and freaking out. A lot of ape holders were on the stage um, expressing their concerns. Um, they had everyone who lost an ape, to my understanding, like they had the option to reach out to OpenSea and, and express you know, their concerns. Um, in the past, OpenSea has taken action when things have been taken maliciously. So it's interesting that they're choosing to set this precedent. Um, because we are in this sort of gray area where like we're working with decentralized technology that's on a blockchain and a lot of these transactions, you know, they, they can't be reversed They're Once, once a transaction is complete, it's complete. And that's kind of the end of the day, you know, uh, they can't really do what like centralized banks have the power to do. But that being said, OpenSea is like a centralized company and evidently, you know, does care about what happens to some of its users. Um, and when things go wrong and when, and when UI, uh, uh, like omissions and, and issues with the UI confuse people and, and cause issues to happen, you know, maybe, maybe they are feeling like, you know, Hey, we want to help because they apparently have agreed to reimburse some people. Um, I'm not sure how much they're reimbursing people for, um, but they're not exactly giving them their apes back because they can't technically with the blockchain, you know, but they're sort of just reimbursing them in Ethereum. Um, so I'm not really sure what that looks like. Uh, some people have speculated that they're just going to be reimbursing at floor price, which again is around like 85 Ethereum, 86 Ethereum. But uh, it does appear that they are helping out those, those Board Ape Yacht Club owners. And, and Board Ape Yacht Club is one of OpenSea's top collections and, and has often been it's it's like top collection, you know, week over week. So that collection obviously matters a lot to OpenSea in some respects. So it's interesting to see what's happening here and, and how they're choosing to respond to these like blue chip NFT holders, these people that own these extremely, extremely valuable digital assets. What is a solution? I mean, okay, so this is one of the biggest fears for mainstream adoption of cryptocurrency or crypto or blockchain based, you know, anything, if it's for transactions, if it's uh, payments, if it's, it's that once you send it and once it's on the blockchain, it's gone. And so there's going to be either be this like secondary or third business, you know, uh, models coming up industries, if, if it's insurance or reimbursements or, or what have you, is there a better way to do this? But I was thinking just, you know, just because I want to go off the cuff here, um, you know, OpenSea could have a, broadcast that you want to sell an ape, you know, the buyer says broadcast that they want to buy it, then there has to be a confirmation on both sides. Maybe it's like, okay, you have a buyer, a seller, a button, and then they can actually confirm that they're sending it to each other instead of just throwing it out there. And then, you know, a smart contract just executes once you have a match or even once you create a bid. Uh, but I, this is a major problem for everything from payments to apes to, you know, whatever you have in, in this, in this uh, ecosystem, this space, this industry, what are some solutions to this? To the issue of of just the fact that blockchain is irreversible. <laughs> the, 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 I mean, the, yes, the issue of blockchain yeah. being irreversible or just other ways we can figure out how to make sure that things are being sent to the right people for the right prices. And yeah, I mean, to be honest, this might sound really dorky, but like the blockchain kind of doesn't lie. Like everything is visible and it's all it's all out there. It's just not on like OpenSea's UI. 
And I do think that when you're handling extremely, extremely valuable assets, like a board ape, I think you should do the due diligence to, to really better understand the blockchain and, and what are you working on? Um, I feel like it is very important because the whole point of crypto technology in, in some people's view is, is to be your own bank. And if you're your own bank, you need to know how your own bank works, right? You can't, you can't really be your own bank without knowing um, some things about how that works. Uh, so, so I really do think that it comes down to education and trying to learn as much as you can about how the blockchain works. And um, that, that really just is, is the ultimate sort of pro and con about blockchain technology is that what happens is, is publicly viewable and, you know, in the case of most cryptocurrencies and, and not really reversible. Um, so on, on the upside, that means that, you know, people can't try to falsely claim uh, refunds from you for something. But it also means that once something has been sent, it's been sent. I really hope that in the future that uh, crypto companies really take into consideration the user even more and make the process easier and, and safer for people to send and receive um, crypto assets. Because right now with the whole like copy pasta, like a super long crypto address feels a little bit cumbersome and, you know, having to add different networks onto your MetaMask feels a bit cumbersome. So there's a lot of different things that I think crypto companies could do to improve their services and improve the user experience while also not compromising anyone's uh, safety in the process. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I guess what I was trying to ask your opinion on is do you think that there is going to be um different industries kind of like popping up because of this because of what the blockchain is and i said it, like insurance and then again it's like how much responsibility do you think that they have because look this happens with exchanges you know we saw exchanges get hacked and you know some of them just lose your funds and they say oh it's because of the blockchain and then you know, you know the very very big um i guess blockchain advocates are saying well be your own bank learn the tech but it wasn't my fault in this case it's also not my fault. And so it's like, where does the either the new industries form and who and how do we actually make this, I guess, more user friendly? That's the thing. It's not education. This is a, there's exploits. It's a new tech. Like, what do we do about it? Yeah, I mean, we definitely do have to make it, everything more user friendly, um, way more streamlined, way simpler. The, simply the process of buying an NFT is like a 20 step process. Um, and, and it's pretty involved, you know, setting up on an exchange setting up on a wallet, setting up on OpenSea and all of those sort of in-between steps where we're transferring money and paying gas a bunch of times to, to get that money to where it needs to be is pretty is a pretty intense process. So anything that could make that process um, simpler for the user, I think would be better. Um, and, and anything that involves, in my opinion, less, less signing uh, of wallets, because I feel like every time your crypto wallet asks you to sign, which is, you know, a digital, digital sort of signature. Um, every time a crypto wallet is ad asking you to sign, I think it sort of normalizes users to the sense of, oh, like I need, I'm just going to be signing my wallet all the time for different things. And that sort of 
has normalized that process. And in my view, it has made uh, scams a, a lot easier to happen to some people because they're like, oh, I'm just signing stuff for all the time. And now this, this link is asking me to sign or this website's asking me to sign. I'll just sign. And, and people aren't really thinking about it. And so I think if, if more weight was placed on the importance of having to sign something, and I don't know if this is possible from the back end or, or what the engine, I'm not an engineer, but I just think that if, if signing was less of a thing, you know, if I didn't have to sign my wallet to just favorite an NFT on OpenSea, which you currently have to do, I have to sign my wallet for some reason. If I didn't have to do that, I think there would be, it would become more of a fit, like serious thing. And I'd be like, okay, I know that when I'm signing something, I am giving that person like huge access, mm-hmm. huge, huge access. Mm-hmm. But right now, signing is just sort of becoming this like mindless thing that we just do all the time for everything, even like clicking a favorite on something. It's it's almost like, you know, we're like liking a post on Twitter, we're signing our wallets. That's, yep. that's sort of the vibe that I'm getting from, from the space right now. And so I think if, again, if like, if signing was, was less often, it would actually make people more safe, ironically and paradoxically, because I think it would create a greater emphasis on the importance of signing and like when the signing is actually, you know, giving away your information. So that, that's just a long way of saying that I think the UI could be simpler. I think less things should be asked of people at, at every step of the way. And um, what's happening with OpenSea is just experts in the blockchain looking behind the curtain and seeing, oh, look at this. They have a pending transaction cancellation. I'm going to put something in to you know, front run this next cancellation so that I can buy this NFT at this lower price. And so there are some people who are very knowledgeable about um, the technology that they're just going in and doing this kind of stuff. And, and I'm really surprised that OpenSea didn't like foresee this and didn't think about this earlier. Um, it's very surprising to me. You know that you have some really good points about the signing, and you know that's something like I have both you know OpenSea and SoulSea, and so I have my Phantom Wallet and I have my MetaMask, and my MetaMask is something that I actually treat a lot more. And we're gonna move on to the news, everybody. I know we're talking about NFTs and this whole thing. I'm just I, I'm really interested about the solutions to this, but my MetaMask I I kind of feel a little bit more precious with because of the price of gas, because of it's just a, a, a more expensive. Crypto Ethereum is, and so you know when I'm signing something, I'm paying attention. Phantom Wallet, on the other hand, I'm just clicking through that. You know, I sign in, I I, I mint NFTs. It really doesn't matter because of the price. But I've also have made mistakes just because of the amount of times I have to sign something, and I just because of the price is low, and I really don't care that much. I have lost, you know, sixty bucks worth of soul here and there just because I'm like, oops, sold my, my, uh, my NFT. Oops, bought that NFT. Oops, sent it to the wrong person. And it does happen. And um, you have to sign to you know log in. You have to sign to do anything, to make a transaction, to post, to mint, to just about everything. And you're 100% right. It's just like, if you're always signing something, it's just this monotonous like chore after a while that you just do. But I want to move this over to uh, regulations as well and, and speculations, you know, because this is the kind of consumer protections that government come into. This is the, um, you know, where the SEC, the CFTC, the, uh, you know, even the Biden administration or people in government uh, or in Congress come over and just go, well, I see this person got ripped off. This person got hacked. This person did this, this fraud. There's money laundering. Why is an NFT selling for $300,000? Uh, has to have some kind of, you know, nefarious thing going on there because there's no way a cartoon ape is worth $300,000. This is what they're saying, obviously. So 
first, I, I since this is the first time we're speaking, the first time the listeners are listening to you, what is your opinion on government regulation and oversight of the space? Yeah, um, so I think if they're regulating, as opposed to outright, you know, banning or something like that, I think that regulation is actually a potentially like bullish signal long term um, for the space, because it means that they are realizing that crypto is going to continue to exist in the future, and that they want to sort of be a part of that and, and be trying to do various things to keep it uh, in our life, but in a way that they approve of. So, I mean, regulation isn't, it really depends on what the regulation is and what it looks like. Um, But it's not all bad because I think it definitely means that, you know, they're planning to, to keep the technology around if they are choosing to regulate it as opposed to, to outright ban it. I mean, Joe, Joe Biden specifically, uh, one of his biggest donors is is Sam Bankman Freed, who runs a crypto exchange. So, I don't really think that we're going to be seeing like any crazy outright bans or anything like that um, happening because just simply because of how uh, involved, uh, you know, donations are in the political process and and how, you know, uh, corporate America and political uh, America are are intertwined. That's a very good point. And by the way, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried is the CEO of FTX. For everybody who's listening, he's been on the show a couple of times. You can see hear us um, talk to him in past episodes and coming up here on Sunday the new Decrypt podcast called GM with Dan Roberts and Jeff John Roberts has interviewed Sam McMurphy and we'll be playing that on Sunday. Biden came out the other day or actually news of Biden coming or is ready to come out with an executive order on Bitcoin and digital assets for the reasons of national security. And so I'm looking at different things around the world right now. And I'm just going to put the rest of our podcast all in one conversation and question. We don't even have to go into the news because they've heard it on the show already. The IMF is calling again. This is the third time they're saying El Salvador. Maybe you should really think about what you're doing with Bitcoin as being legal tender. Russia comes out and says, you know, and actually doubles down and saying, hey, this is a great place for mining. You know, we have the skill, we have the uh, electricity, we have the energy. You should mine here, Bitcoin. We can innovate. And, you know, the U.S. is talking about sanctions because of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. It's not a conflict yet. The 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 potential of a conflict over there, where they're talking about re- restrictions on Russia, and one of those things is monetary restrictions and using you know the the world economy. And so, if they're looking at Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies or digital assets as a way to skirt that, I guess that's taken away from American power. So, I guess there's a lot of news. Oh, and one more thing: the Fed obviously is going to raise interest rates to slow inflation, which is moving things from growth stocks and more riskier assets. Like, of course, the people that think Bitcoin is a risky asset because of the volatility, move moving it more into value stocks and little safer in air quotes assets. All of this combines into into this statement. I think that Biden's going to put out and say for reasons of national security. And that, what what do you think that means? Because everybody's speculating right now. When we see this, when we see Biden making that statement, the crypto space is going, whoa, what does, what does this mean? And you just said, you're for regulations, not bans. It's actually a, probably long-term bullish to have consumer protections. But this is a very bold statement coming from the president of the United States or the executive branch to say national security. What do you think it means? And what do you think we can see? Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Um, but I think in terms of a president saying that something is in the, in the name of national security, it, it could kind of be a red herring or it could not. 
Um, I think a lot of presidents in the past have said that certain things are, are in the name of national security and then it's sort of turned out to not be that big of a thing or not be that big of a deal or in some people's view to not even have anything to do with national security at all. But that's just sort of my like hot take. Um, that being said, it, it could mean that there are more regulations, especially on things like stable coins. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to really to really guess at what's happening beyond the fact that they are planning to to raise interest rates, and that in response is going to cause the crypto market to act accordingly. Do you think that? And I, I agree with you. It looks like they're going to look at and target stable coins because that seems like the biggest, um, I guess, concern from uh, some of the I don't know the regulators. They're saying, "Oh, Tether, USDC, and so on and so forth," and they're talking about central bank digital currencies as a way to kind of like just be that stable coin. Why do we need stable coins if we have the US dollar? It's, it's, it looks like what I'm seeing as well. Do you think this could affect like things like Coinbase or these other industries that are you know already built up around it? I mean, think about lending platforms like Celsius, BlockFi, Voyager, and Nexo. Though they, they use stable coins and you earn re returns on those. Uh, do you think that there's going to be an actual, I guess, ripple effect through the industry of already established companies? Um, it, it really depends on on what the order is. Um, but for example, even PayPal is looking into making its own stablecoin. So it's really unclear whether, you know, I don't think like stablecoins are going to be outright banned, but they may be heavily regulated in the future. Um, and, and that may be, you know, the political reason may be in the name of national security or in the name of, you know, the security of the American dollar, um, because the U.S. dollar is what makes our, our country operate in, in a lot of ways right now. And if crypto is seen as a, as a threat to that or if stable coins are seen as a threat to that, there may be some regulations coming in to try to make sure that people don't completely abandon the U.S. dollar. Um, if anything, I think that, you know, the fact that he has to make an order it implies that he's he or his government is aware that it has a lot of power and can really just really just have a big impact on our society. I know this is a little bit out of your wheelhouse. We were talking offline a little bit that you focus mostly on NFTs and gaming. Um, but I'm really curious about like people's in the industry. I mean, look, you you have a lot of experience here in this industry. You've been paying attention. So it's like we've all been paying attention to all of these different developments. Obviously we niche down on certain things. I'm more of a political government sort of person, uh, more, more less so gaming, actually no so gaming. Uh, but I do see the pattern of say Russia is talking about Bitcoin, El Salvador, legal tender, other places talking legal tender. Do you think, and I would probably argue to say maybe uh, Bukele is onto something? Um, I mean, there is a lot of power in cryptocurrency when it compares to countries that have like unstable or or highly inflated currencies. Um, the US dollar has experienced inflation, but we're, we're honestly very privileged because compared to some other countries, we don't have nearly that bad of inflation. You know, we don't have to worry about our dollar being only worth 50 cents at the end of the week. 100%. Um, other other countries in South America and Central America are like worrying about that becoming a problem. And so for them, it's it's way bigger of a deal. And and that risk appears to maybe be more worth it in other people's eyes because cryptocurrency is a is a big risk um, in terms of, you know, it's its current value until things sort of stabilize a little bit. Um, we've seen the values of, of Bitcoin and Ethereum and things sort of drop recently. And, and that's sort of spooked some people that haven't been in the space for very long. 
but people that have been in this space for a long time are like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, I've seen this all before and it'll, it'll bounce back and it'll do this and that. And, um, but that still does like worry some people. Right. And I think that's, that's a fair worry to have. I mean, I, I guess I would worry if the only currency I could use suddenly dropped like 25% value in a day or something like that. Um, but for some countries, I think they, they may be seeing it as actually regardless as still more valuable than their default currency and that it has more buying power than their default currency and that it can actually like long-term, maybe they hold that belief that it can be um, more stable over time um, given their, you know, different uh, economic situation. Because in the U.S., I mean, I grew up in Canada and, and our dollar does not go as far as the U.S. dollar, right? So it's all relative. <laughs> Everybody's currency goes a different way and goes goes only so far. Um, the U.S. dollar is, is still one of the best currencies in the world. Everyone wants it. You know, you go to other countries and a lot of people still would rather have U.S. dollar over their own currency, so, you know, maybe in the future that will be Bitcoin uh, instead or, or Ethereum instead. People would rather have that instead of um, the U.S. dollar. So it's just a very interesting, in my opinion, when we put it in a more international perspective and, and a lot of people in, in the U.S. are sort of saying like, oh, the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar. It's like, well, you know, the U.S. dollar is not that bad compared to a lot of other currencies in the world that have experienced uh, way more inflation and, and other issues. Hey, Erwin new staff writer for Decrypt. Thanks for coming on the show, doing this week in review. I can't wait to have you back. And uh, well, I'm happy that you got to meet the audience. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment, Spotify, five stars, click them. And don't forget this Sunday, we'll do a special episode with our new podcast from Decrypt, GM. They're interviewing Sam Bankman fried Great conversation. You're going to find it in this feed. And until tomorrow for our weekend update, happy hodling, everyone.